When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Hey there, Bears fans. Will DeWitt here. Before I get into today's discussion that we had about the Bears practice today on Saturday, July 28th, I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, After reviewing the audio, it seems that the recording on my end, either being through the internet, the traveling situation, the powers that be, whatever technical issue it was, I'm unsure honestly what happened, but the quality of the audio is not up to my standard. Um, But I want to let you know that the conversation was insightful. It was a lot of fun, and I hope you can bear with it for just one episode. And I promise the next time that you hear from me in a podcast, we will sound much better on my end. So again, I apologize in advance, but with that said... Here's the rest of the show. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. This is your host, Will DeWitt, and I want to welcome you to our sixth training camp report of the year. You know, it was a very warm, sunny day down in Bear Benet, and there were a ton of Bears fans for today's uh, practice, which is Saturday, mind you, for those listening. And I personally I had a great time because I was surrounded by some really good company throughout the day. In fact, I'm joined by most of said company for today's show. So with me, I have my Bears Brothers, Brandon Hazel and Nicholas Moriano, plus... We brought on a special guest today. His name is Jonathan Wood from the Bears blog. Jonathan, thank you for taking the time to join us for today's podcast. It was really great meeting you today, uh, getting to talk some Bears football. How was your, tri- how was your trip home? Yeah, thank you for having me on. Uh, it was great meeting you guys this morning, too. Had a blast hanging out with you at practice, and I got it pretty easy. Just had like a nice half-hour drive home. Sounds like uh, it took a little bit longer for Nick. It did. Yeah. About it was close to two hours with all the traffic today. I don't know what was going on, Ooh. but yeah. Two hours. Two hours. And you had to get a Slurpee along the way. You were just uh, finishing that while we were setting up for the recording, which uh, was interesting. It was delicious. Was it worth it? Oh, yeah. It was watermelon. See, anything that says new on a menu, I'm like, all right, got to go try it. So then I end up, it was a good choice. So, All right. Well, I I trust you there. So real quick, guys, before we start, I just want to give a shout out to Nick, another Nick. And both of those Nicks are not our Nick. I just want to let you know. And then Mark and William, uh, those are just a handful of fans who came up and said hi during today's practice. And it was awesome taking some time for you guys to come up and getting to know you, get to meet you. So I appreciate you guys, uh, you know, making yourself heard. And it was, of course, great to meet you. So thanks for reaching out. 
All right, fellas, so let's dive right into today's recap. And I think the best place to start is going to be with the discussion on the defense because at the end of yesterday's practice, uh, I said that I want to see the defense come out strong because of just how well the offense played on Friday. And I'll say I think the defense definitely delivered today. And I want to begin with some big-picture takeaways before we kind of look at some individual positions. And throughout most of the day, the defense it had the offense's number, especially the starting unit. Uh, there were no easy gains or pickups by the offense. So I want to know, guys, uh, what is perhaps the one thing Bears fans should know about the defensive performance today uh, for the entire unit? And Jonathan, I know you were pretty active in our Bears chat about uh, the defense. So what should Bears fans take away from today's practice? I think the biggest takeaway I had was uh, for a positive from the defense was how good the pass rush looked when we had the full 11-on-11 drills going on. You know, there's been a lot of talk, a lot of worry about the edge rushers, especially opposite Leonard Floyd. But, man, Sam Sam Acho had himself a day. He was living in the backfield today. And they at least held their own, if not one, against the first string offensive line, which I think was uh, good to see. What about you, B? Uh, one thing I think that's going to go overlooked is really the communication aspect of this defense. I think that's why, I mean, Trubisky was just consistently hitting his checkdowns uh, because the coverage was just so good. And there was one play that really stood out to me. Uh, there was some pre-snap motion. And I think it was Craven LeBlanc and Adrian Amos were kind of, you know, not really sure exactly who to cover. But at the end, they're both uh, covering the tight end over the middle of the field, and Amos almost gets an interception. So uh, the communication, despite some of the pre-snap, pre-snap motions, uh, I think really goes unlooked through this defense. And Nick, over to you. I think the secondary, just watching them and seeing when they play as like a cohesive unit, it's really hard to, you know, get past them. And even with uh, some of the better, I guess, receivers out there for the Bears now, um, Prince Mukamura, Kyle Fuller, when they are locked on to the receiver, there's little separation. And if the ball is caught, it's a very contested catch. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. So the way that they played today was uh, really encouraging, and you, you definitely see that in the 7-on-7 seven seven drills and, and definitely with team. Yeah, you know, for me, my big note, I think it's like the aggressiveness. You know, they were kind of talky today, but they were backing it up today, uh, no doubt about it. But just the aggressiveness that, that, they, that they displayed throughout the entirety of practice is something I like. Is they seemed a little bit more tame yesterday, so for them to kind of change that energy today, be, have more, be the aggressor, uh, to me was a good sign to see. And, of course, we're still down a couple of inside linebackers, actually three, uh, especially Danny Trevathan, who we know is uh, – a violent player and someone who leads by you know leads the charge. So for them to do it without him, uh, to me, is a good sign, no doubt. But guys, real quick before we get into the actual positional breakdowns, I want to know who's a player that impressed you today, and maybe someone who was a disappointment. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Oh, easily. I mean, for me, Sam Acho and Jonathan mentioned it. Just watching him on those one-on-one drills where he the it would either be a, a running back or a tight end, whoever was trying to block these guys. Sam Acho is just off the line of scrimmage fast and hit the whatever the tight end running back with power just a guy that was disruptive throughout the entirety of practice uh, so that was really good to see um a disappointment i mean I, I guess a disappointment as a whole is just not seeing a lot of Allen robinson taylor gabriel and you know these big money guys that the bears brought in you'd even see a lot of trey burton today especially in these uh team drills so 
Um, and I guess that's why maybe Trubisky, as we'll get into it, maybe didn't have his best day because those big guys weren't out there. But I, I would say just the group that were paying a lot of money to go, you know, catch these balls from Trubisky weren't very active in today's practice. Sure. What about you, Jonathan? Um, yeah, for impressive, uh, I think he's been mentioned already, but I'd have to probably say Prince of Mukamara. Um, he was just all over the place today in coverage and even in like the one-on-one drills, which are pretty tough for cornerbacks to win. I don't think he got beat once on that and had a few interceptions throughout the day today, which was good to see too. It's been a storyline I've seen from a lot of practices because that's something he's really struggled with through his career so far. So hopefully that carries over to the regular season. He can get some turnovers this year. Um, And then in terms of uh, who I was disappointed in, I'd have to say Dion Sims. I, I We had the tight ends working out in front of us a lot today, and I paid a lot of attention to him because there's been a lot of talk about uh, he had a great offseason and has really improved. And yeah, as a blocker, he was definitely the best tight end today, but still struggled. Like I think in the one-on-one drills, he was 0 for 2 against Acho, who's not a great pass rusher. Um, and then as a catcher, he's just He's so slow running his routes. He just doesn't have that top speed. And I was hoping to see more from him there because they've talked that up a bit. Yeah, no, it definitely has not been on display uh, throughout camp uh, with Deion Sims and that lack of top-end speed. But, B, I'm going to hand it over to you, uh, someone who impressed and someone who did not impress. Someone who impressed uh, today for me was Craven LeBlanc. He had a couple interceptions. It was nice to see him get in there and force some takeaways. He's uh, been relatively quiet at least a few days that I've been there, or last weekend. He didn't do a whole lot. So it was nice to see him get in there. Um, forcing turnovers today. As far as defensive disappointment, uh, I think I'm going to go with Akeem Hicks. I mean, he was he was hot and fiery today. Uh, we'll get into a fight with Cal Long later, I think. Uh, but he he didn't make a whole lot of noise outside of that. So, uh, I mean, everyone has their, their off days, especially in camp, and he's pretty much solidified as a starter. It's not saying he should take any days off. Uh, but since the defensive rush as a whole, I thought, was you know pretty good, Akeem Hicks was just kind of a quiet guy out there today. Yeah, you bring up some good points there with Akeem Hicks. For me, uh, someone who impressed on defense for the most part today, I'm going to say both safeties, uh, Ed Jackson and Adrian Amos, especially in run support. Uh, anytime the Bears were trying to run the ball today, you can tell they were right there in the back, uh, sometimes even in the backfield making a play on the ball, especially Eddie Jackson. And in terms of a disappointment today on defense, it's really hard to find a disappointment on that side of the ball. They played very well today. Uh, but maybe like a Michael Joseph, he's been playing uh, with the second string. And I understand that, you know, very low expectations for him. But uh, with Tolliver still out, he has a chance to perhaps, you know, make a little bit of a headway here, make some noise, and he still hasn't been able to do so uh, right now in practice. So for me, maybe Michael Joseph, but that's kind of nitpicky because the defense as a unit played very, very well. All right, guys, let's go ahead and do some position-by-position breakdowns today. But instead of a true position-by-position, I think I'm just going to lump the defense into three categories, line, linebacker, and secondary. And Nick, uh, let's just look at the defensive line here first. Uh, do you have a, any specific player takeaways or unit takeaways that Bears fans should know from today? Um, you know, I know that Brandon mentioned Akeem Hicks having a quiet day, but I know there was a couple of plays, especially down the goal line on our end, where had the play had kept on going, there wasn't a whistle, and there was a, an opposing quarterback. Akeem Hicks sort of had a couple, I think, a couple of safeties back there. He was getting in at some time, so he did have a couple good uh, spurts throughout practice, but, like, I agree with Brandon, he was pretty quiet. Um, but other than that, I mean, again, you saw Jonathan Bullard as the starter opposite of Akeem Hicks, um, but not really too many big takeaways. I wasn't really focusing on that throughout practice. More so, I um, was looking at the receivers and the DBs and those one-on-one matchups and stuff like that. 
All right, I'm going to go over to you, Jonathan. Uh, when you're paying attention to the defensive line today, what stood out? Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to echo Nick here that I unfortunately don't have a ton to add here because the most of the line drills were away from us, and mm-hmm. so I was watching the stuff in front of us, which was the little guys. But I mean, the full team stuff, I know uh, Jonathan Bullard had one really nice flash play against the run where they were trying to do an outside run to his side, and he was able to get outside the tackle and go down the line and make the tackle like for no gain. That was a nice play. And B, you had a, a note about the pressure that they're kind of bringing throughout the day. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, at the defensive line, defensive line was uh, really um, was able to open up holes. We've seen a couple eight gap blitzes that we've seen Fangio likes to do last year, and they were able to get in there. The running backs were able to, to pick up some of those blitzes, uh, but in some instances, it made uh, Cody Whitehair and Mr. Risky a little frustrated, as we've seen uh, later throughout practice, which I'm sure we'll touch on later when we talk about offensive line. Uh, so it was nice to see them being able to open up holes for other guys, and that was also uh, true of the run game today. The, the combination of Roy Robertson-Harris, Eddie Goldman, and Jonathan Bullard were able to basically create a, a solid wall for the for the running back to not able to get through, and then you have the linebacker coming in to clean it up afterwards. So I thought uh, run support as well as the pass rush was pretty uh, pretty solid today. Yeah, I just want to mention that uh, even though like the, the individual drills weren't like right in front of us, uh, one of the listeners that came up to talk to us, uh, Michael, he was talking about Nick Williams uh, and how he was uh, looking really strong in one-on-one drills. So I just want to mention that uh, Williams was kind of putting on a show, and he's someone who uh, the Bears have him listed as the third string. Uh, he's still playing with the twos. I've seen him playing with the twos all of practice. Bilal Nichols uh, has not really gotten any of those reps, but uh, we'll see what Nick Williams can do uh, throughout the rest of camp here, preseason games, and only what five days so we'll see what he can do uh he has an opportunity to still make this roster uh but guys for me i don't really have much more in the defensive line than you guys already mentioned so we're going to skip right along the linebacker uh inside or out what's your take and b you can go first uh yeah i mean finn obviously i think is the keyword and that's been echoed throughout all the camp uh but nick kukowski looked pretty good today he had that interception and another thing that stood out to me too is his leadership uh since danny trevathan or roquan smith obviously aren't there to call the plays uh, it seems to be that uh, Nick Kukowski is the guy that's calling the plays from the sideline, and he just does it with uh, with such confidence. Uh, the, the guys listen to him and respond to him really well, and I think that's why we're seeing the defense uh, play the way that it is. So his leadership and confidence, and the what as well as well as the way he plays, because uh, he ended up with an interception today as well, uh, really speaks volumes to me. What about you, Jonathan? You know, inside linebackers, outside linebackers. Uh, what stood out to you? We already talked about Sam Acho a bit. He was pretty strong in both one-on-one and team drills. But uh, other than maybe Sam, what stood out? Um, yeah, I actually was fairly impressed with Timu as well. Uh, John Timu, who's probably uh, right on that roster bubble once they have all of their linebackers uh, there and healthy. But he was playing with the ones today because you know Iggy and Smith and Trevathan are all out. And he didn't really look out of place. I mean, he's had a lot of experience the last few years. Um, we kind of know what he is, limited athlete but smart player. But he even had some nice plays in coverage today, like running with Deion Sims to keep him uh, covered pretty well in the flat. So Timu stood out to me a little bit. Yeah, exactly. We were talking about that in the stands today about John Timu. If he just had a little bit more athleticism, he'd be a really good linebacker in this league. But instead of being really good, he's solid. And, you know, that's okay to have – uh, as a backup, but again, he's on the bubble. We'll see what he can do uh, to make the most of this opportunity, still with uh, a trio of inside linebackers still out for the Bears. Uh, but what about you, Nick? Linebackers, uh, big takeaway? 
Yeah, so with no Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan, I like what I'm seeing from Nick Kukowski. Even though he didn't have any interceptions on, uh, on the day, he was right in the, the right spot, basically, uh, in coverage. So um, he knew where his assignment, where he needed to be, got the right depth, was able to cover these tight ends, like you guys were saying. Um, but, yeah, Nick Kukowski is showing that um, if – you know, one of those guys isn't ready or gets injured throughout the season. I'd feel comfortable with Nick Kukowski just filling in just based off what I've seen, you know, in this camp. And then, you know, obviously last week. But Nick Kukowski is a, a guy, again, he's been here for a while. And you can definitely tell watching him on the field. Yeah, it's actually really funny because both he and Timu were really strong in coverage today. And uh, the reason it's funny, or at least ironic, is because... This message is brought to you by Regeneron. If you have diabetes, listen closely because your ears could help your eyes. Excess sugar from diabetes could lead to eye damage and vision loss, even blindness, and you might not even notice it at first. So remember, now is the time to get your eyes checked. Eye care is especially important with diabetes. See a path forward with actions and potential treatment options that may help your eyes and protect against vision loss. Go see an eye care specialist and visit nowic.com to take charge of your eyesight. That is N-O-W-E-Y-E-S-E-E.com. Yesterday, uh, that really wasn't the case. And I, I didn't call him out on the pod, but, you know, I just kind of mentioned, like, both really struggled. And you can tell we're missing Roquan Smith, uh, Danny Trevathan in the middle of the field to kind of, like, you know, take good care of the tight ends and running backs. And uh, today they uh, turned things around and kind of have me, you know, uh, quiet. So I'm going to just, you know, Applaud them for uh, shutting me up today. And uh, hey, will go ahead. You know up. who wasn't quiet? Who wasn't quiet? The one guy wearing the Trubisky jersey in the stands, right? <laughs> he was pretty loud until the Bears came and yelled at him. Yeah, that was pretty funny. So there's this guy. Um, he was just ba- after almost every single play, it was something coming out of his mouth, just giving that extra commentary on anything. If someone dropped a pass, you'd definitely hear it. Um, someone made a play, you'd hear that applause as well. But yeah, the Bears did talk to him, and then. We didn't hear from him again, I don't think. Yeah. I saw on Twitter that apparently Taylor Gabriel ratted him out. Gabriel was like jogging back super slow after going deep on a play, and he was yelling at him like, oh, come on, the equipment guy's going faster than you. And then like five minutes later, uh, he was getting yelled at by the Bears. Yeah. See, that's what happens. That's why you don't yell out. True, very true. And uh, on top of that, we'll talk about Gabriel and uh, something that we've noticed as camp kind of uh, progressed today but before that let's get back on track and let's talk about the secondary uh because this was a unit they're making a ton of plays on the ball uh you saw them doing some interesting things like coming in on some blitzes as well but uh jonathan i want to go over to you first uh any takeaways or any big observations that you saw from the secondary just blanket coverage i mean up and down the roster first second third string didn't matter everybody the they were forcing the offense to check down all day there were very few throws that were more than like five or ten yards past the line, and most of the ones that were, the guy was covered and it fell incomplete. Um, also, want to give a shout out to uh, Eddie Jackson, um, who's you know known as more of a coverage guy. Tackling has been a bit of a question with him, at least coming out of, mm-hmm. of college last year. But he had a real nice uh, blitz off the edge on a goal line play that would have been a nice sack and safety. So he he had some nice uh, thumping up by the line too. <laughs> there we go. Shout out to Eddie J. Uh, Nick, over to you. Safety, secondary, and general corners, uh, you know, wide open floor. 
Yes, I mean, like Jonathan said, a lot of these passes that came from Trubisky or any of the quarterbacks were checkdowns, and that is, you know, credit to the secondary and how they played in their coverage. And also, uh, you saw these safeties come in and, you know, provide that run support. There were a lot of safety blitzes that we saw today, whether it was, you know, Amos coming through the middle or, like you said, A. Jackson coming off the side. These safeties were very active, and in those one-on-one drills where it's uh, the wide receiver or tight end versus, you know, whatever DB, they were right there, and any pass that was being completed, it's not like these guys were wide open. They had to put in the perfect spot for a receiver, tight end, running back to catch it. So the DBs in general had a very good day today, and that's why the offense did struggle. Yeah, exactly. The offense struggled mightily, but again, uh, we'll talk about what the offense was doing today. And again, uh, they didn't, weren't taking a ton of deep shots, just a kind of, uh, what do you want to call it? Pre- Spoiler alert. There, there you go. Go ahead. Spoiler <laughs> alert. There you go, because... Uh, Usually we have to have at least one spoiler per show, but uh, Brandon, in terms of the secondary, anything that Jonathan or Nick didn't mention that you want fans to know? Yeah, you uh, mentioned earlier on that your kind of your disappointment was Michael Joseph. I mean, just because he he didn't do a whole lot today, he wasn't targeted very much either. But he did have one forced fumble today. It was on the sideline right in front of us. I don't think many people noticed it uh, because it was as the wide receiver was falling to the ground, just kind of stuck his hand in there and tried to rip it out. And I do believe the ball came out because the defense reacted to it like it was a fumble. Uh, so that, that's a, a positive sign that I took away from him. Other than that, I thought he was pretty quiet. Uh, but you guys talked about Eddie Jackson and Adrian Amos a little bit. I want to mention the run support that they provided. I mean, it was something last year. We know Amos is more of a downhill guy. Eddie Jackson shown that he can provide run support. Uh, and it was just really nice to see Eddie Jackson was able to stop. I think it was Jordan Howard after a one or two-yard carry because he was coming up. He was the single high safety at the time. And Adrian Amos had one for a uh, loss in the backfield as well. Uh, so it's just nice to see that everybody's contributing in the uh, run defense, and that's uh, something that Vic Fangio and Akeem Hicks have said, you know, this is going to be our number one priority, and the safeties are taking uh, taking uh, accountability for it as well. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, Cravon LeBlanc earlier today, and again, uh, he was making a lot of strong plays out of, you know, between the nickel corners, uh, LeBlanc and Callahan. It was LeBlanc who was making uh, the plays that kind of made you turn your head and gain a little bit, you know, get a little more extra attention out there on the field. Uh, a few of them he had the interception, he had a handful or at least a trio of uh, you know PBUs past breakups as well today. So he was playing confidently and it definitely showed today out of LeBlanc. He was, even in a few that maybe he would like lay out for and barely miss, you can tell he's taking chances, playing confidently. Uh, so for that, you know, I just wanted to give a not a shout out, but just let you know that Trayvon LeBlanc uh, came to play today. Uh, guys, any final thoughts on the defense, Nick? I'll go to you first. Uh, final thoughts. I mean, again, the defense is always going to be ahead of the offense when it comes to camp, but it really showed today right from the get go. Um, we saw, I think it was a bot- botched snap or a botched handoff, a interception happen. Things already were going right for the defense from the very start and completed throughout the entirety of practice. Well, what about you, Jonathan? Yeah, uh, you could definitely tell today that this was a veteran defense in the fourth year in the same system. You know, we've talked about that some already but it's everything very in sync it just they looked like in mid-season form it was good to see yeah definitely no, no doubt about it and what about you B? since everyone else got to talk about sam Ocho and how great he was today, i just want to say it was great to see him show up i don't remember what his sack total was last year i, I think it was like three but he would have had way more than that i think today just by himself so it was nice to see a guy who were you know were thin at pass rushers supposedly uh today he looked like he came out and, and was able to get after the quarterback so that was nice yeah, I mean, we're thin. Uh, no Aaron Lynch no right. fits right now, but uh, uh, when en- whenever anyone can step into a role like uh, you see with Acho, he's someone who's super smart. He understands his defense. He understands his responsibility. Um, but 
you made a little bit more noise today than maybe you would expect out of Acho. So definitely a good call there with Sam. All right, well, that's going to wrap up things for the defense. Now, before we go ahead and talk about the Bears' offense, I want to take a minute to ask you, our listener, a favor. If you enjoy our show and appreciate the effort that we have put in throughout our entirety of camp coverage, both on this podcast and our social media presence, uh, would you maybe just take a moment and let us know by leaving a review of the show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts? Uh, last I checked, we're sitting at about 227 reviews, and I know we can reach 250 before this season goes. We have over a month to go, so definitely help us out if you haven't yet. All right, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my Bears Brothers, Brandon Hazlett and Nicholas Moriano, as well as Jonathan Wood from the Bears Blog, and we are breaking down Saturday's Bears practice, and we are now setting our sights on the offense, which, if you couldn't tell already, uh, they had a very long day, so... Taking a look at the big picture first, throughout practice, we didn't see really the same offense that I witnessed yesterday, and really, in many ways, the same offense I've witnessed throughout the majority of camp. Uh, it was odd. They didn't have a lot of pre-snap motion. Uh, they weren't really taking any shots downfield, and it just appeared like the unit was primarily working on underneath plays, outlet passes, just short yardage stuff. Uh, so guys, I want to know, what surprised you for about the offense today, either good or bad? And let's go to Jonathan first. So a big thing that surprised me was how much Michael Burton we saw. He got a lot of pass targets just kind of in the flat. Um, from talking to people who have been at more practices and what I've read online, he hasn't really been involved much, but he was really involved today. Um, like you said, just different from what we've seen so far. Um, and with kind of how out of sync the offense looked today, it made me wonder if they were maybe installing new stuff and that contributed to their really poor day that I'm sure we'll talk about some more. Well, we, we will talk about all the blunders that was the Bears' offense today. Uh, but, uh, Jonathan, I'm going to put you on the spot. You talked about uh, Burton being out there. That surprised you. I want you to classify it. Is that good or bad for the long-term health of this offense? Um, my gut reaction would say bad, but, okay. I mean, we really don't know for sure. I mean, I don't think he really offers that much. I'd like to see them try to, like, play uh, Ryan Nall in that role or – uh, put Trey Burton in the like fullback or H-back role some more instead, who are just guys who offer more. But who knows? Maybe Burton surprises me. Hey, there we go. I, I had to put you on the spot. I had to know how you would classify that. But B, uh, over to you. Uh, one thing that surprised you, good or bad? Uh, one thing that surprised me was, was Trey Burton. Uh, he had like two or three early drops in the first drill. And so this is something that Nick brought up too as we were standing there. Uh, he goes, every time we're switching drills and the horn blows, the offense ends it with a, a drop pass. So I guess it's not just Trey Burton, but it was just the offensive uh, receiver's hands in general, just really struggling to catch the ball today for whatever reason. Yeah, and it just kind of shows what kind of tone the offense had today, right, Nick? I mean, you every time there's like, all right, we're going to a new drill, going to uh, do a new phase of this practice, uh, the offense uh, ended on a sour note, which really it was a sour mm -hmm. day overall. But uh, what about you, man? What surprised you? You know, just the, I guess – for this first string offense, how conservative they were. Um, a lot of those passes, like we've said before, were checkdowns. But when you see Chase Daniel get into the game, you know, if there was a deep shot taken in this practice today, it was from that unit or from even a Tyler Bray. It wasn't really Trubisky going deep. Um, and maybe they were installing new off, uh, you know, new plays in there, just kind of repping through them. But still, it was very conservative and, um, Again, it wasn't what I saw last last weekend where we saw Trubisky air it out. There were some deep passes. They was, you know, Jordan Howard, these guys in, you know, between one to ten yards were getting these passes. So that was a little strange. Yeah, it really was. And for me, the thing that surprised me is when 
Uh, the Bears today, they worked a lot on being like their backs up against their own goal line. They just could not get anything going, the Sargent offense. They could not move. I mean, there's a couple plays in a row where they pretty much gave up safeties. Uh, the refs marked them like an inch out of the goal line. I'm still pretty sure it was a safety. I know I saw Jonathan's, uh, his hands went up for a safety call as well. But no, when the Bears were down there trying to work their way out of their own end zone, they just could not do anything against the defense. And even half of that time was against the second string defense. So it was interesting to me that the Bears offense couldn't find one like one play that would work in that situation. It was a little frustrating to watch, no doubt. But uh, Jonathan, I know this is your first time ever at a Bears practice, and you got to see this new offense today for the first time. Um, again, I don't think we saw it nearly as wide open as I was. Definitely not as wide open as it was yesterday, um, but as I have throughout all camp. But still, uh, you see some different things, different personnel groupings, different formations. I'm just curious. This is your first time actually watching it. Uh, what's your take with like the different... Uh, personnel groupings and uh, the formations you're throwing out there. My first thought is that I really, really hope I don't see it nearly as many passes from Mitch Trubisky to uh, Benny Fowler and um, Josh Bellamy as we saw today because Taylor Gabriel was out most of today and Alan Robinson was in and out. So those guys were working with the starters way more than they should be. That was some serious flashbacks to last year with some of the wide receivers Trubisky was throwing to. Mm-hmm. Um, but besides that, it just really looked to me like uh, very much a work in progress. And you could tell, like even in they were running some seven on seven drills. And like at times there were people who were not really sure where they were supposed to go. I saw like a couple times that Anthony Miller had to ask somebody like, wait, where am I supposed to line up and stuff like that? Or like he ran for a fake jet sweep the wrong way or something like that. And Trubisky had to yell at him like they're just having trouble getting lined up. And even early on, they were doing drills where they had like assistants um, just doing like a shell coverage, so back seven, and they would yell to them like cover two, and then they would try to run a play against that just to see what the play looks like against that coverage. So just very much, it, it was pretty obvious to me that it was just, you know, they don't really know it that well yet, which, you know, makes sense. They're a week into their first training camp. Exactly. It's, uh, it's imperative that, you know, for those watching, for those listening, the, to keep that in perspective, that... It's still very early in the install of this offense, and uh, I believe Negi was saying that you know they're still drawing plays up as they go, seeing what works, what doesn't, and uh, of course we have the entire preseason to figure out exactly uh, what the Bears are going to want to run once we get to the regular season. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into the pos- position specifics here, and let's go ahead and begin with the quarterback because Trubisky, uh, he had three or maybe four interceptions based on our counts or some discrepancy amongst us. But regardless, it was just not his best day. And the offense as a whole, like we've mentioned, uh, they did struggle. And, of course, uh, we talked about the defense. They are playing great coverage, uh, making plays on the ball. Uh, and Trubisky, for the most part, he wasn't working with the Trey Burton, Allen Robinson, nor Taylor Gabriel. Uh, for most of the day, they were, uh, you know, I would say, fairly inactive. I mean, they were out there sometimes, but for the vast majority of the practice, they were on the sideline. Uh, so keeping all these variables in play, I want to know how you would assess his day. And Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Uh, what's your uh, take on the performance that you saw from number 10? Yeah, I mean, I didn't think he, he showed a lot today, to be completely honest. And um, it just seemed like everything was a, like a step slower for Trubisky in terms of making that decision to where to throw the ball. If there wasn't anything... Uh, open down the field, which there wasn't really. It was it was right to the check down. But that's like almost four seconds after he's like looking at each progression, seeing where he's going to finally end up throwing the ball to. And 
just comparing that to Chase Daniel, who's been in this offense before, he knows where this ball is going. And again, Trubisky didn't have any of these weapons last year. This is obviously a new offense, but still, he's making. It seemed like he was making those decisions a little bit faster. So, look, it's still a new offense. Like Jonathan said, it's a week into practice now, going into the second week. He's going to take some time, but it just seemed like it was a little bit slower for Trubisky today. Hey, Jonathan, I want to ask you to do me a favor here. You know. <laughs> Talking about uh, Trubisky and, you know, throughout Twitter today, you're getting some fans wondering, well, maybe they should look at Daniel for maybe number one. Uh, Trubisky's going to, you know, he's struggling now. He's going to struggle all year. Uh, would you maybe send a message to, like, those fans who are already kind of freaking out just a little bit too much? Um, yeah, Chase Daniel is not a starting quarterback in the NFL. He's been in the league for, like, eight years. How personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it. Years and hasn't even thrown 100 passes yet. Um, he might. He looked better than Trubisky today, but that's mm-hmm. uh, like you said, Nick, because he knows the offense better. Um, to me, it looks like Trubisky's biggest problem was that he was just thinking and not playing. Yeah. And again, it's a brand new offense; they're throwing a ton at him. It's going to take some time. If he still looks like this, you know, in the last preseason game, then we should be concerned. But I'm, I mean, it's they're just learning a new offense right now. I don't really have much more takeaway than that. I mean, that's that's where we're at, exactly. That's just the situation that we're currently sitting in. We just have to be patient as we uh, allow this offense to kind of you know, gain its footing, gain some traction, and start uh, you know, growing into an actual offense, one that's just not uh, continually working on some different installs. But, uh, B, you know, I think Nick and Jonathan pretty much hit everything we need to talk about Trubisky, but do you have any final thoughts on him? I do. One thing that I think he uh, needs to improve on, I guess, is body language. It's something that we've never had much of an issue with, but when he punts the ball after a bad a bad snap, that kind of tells me how frustrated he is, which is totally fine if you get, you know, dominated, you know, for a week or two by the defense just day in and day out. I understand the frustration. But you gotta be able to, to tell yourself and tell the guys in the huddle, you know, we can do this, we got this. It's just gonna take a little bit more time. And you know, punting the ball, I guess, you know, it looked kind of cool. We know he's got a leg. Uh but at the end of the day, I mean I'd rather him be throwing the ball and keeping his cool, calm demeanor. See, I don't know, maybe you're looking a little bit too much into that. I like him at least showing some frustration because uh, as a quarterback, if you're not at least frustrated sometimes, it show, maybe it'll give off the impression that you don't care. And then technically, you know, it was going into a fourth down then, so maybe he was just punting it to just punt it and be like, okay, we have to punt the ball now, guys. We'll come out there and we'll do it again. So I understand why you want your quarterback to be a little bit more, you know, calm perhaps in those situations, but I don't know. I think he was frustrated with the unit as a whole and it was kind of a, a way to, you know, kind of get their attention and be like, you know, we can do better than this. Um, but let's switch over to running back. Uh, not a lot of notes here, at least from my end. Um, but Nick, looking at running back, you know, Howard all the way through Nall, what do you got? Yeah, I mean, that was a really quiet group as well today. We didn't see a lot of Tariq Cohen in the backfield at all. Um, actually, we didn't see a lot of Tariq Cohen much of practice, even at, uh, just catching passes. But yeah, like you said, it was a quiet day. Not much happened from them. Um, there was a nice play by uh, Nall. I think it was on forgot if he was going against a third string or second team defense, but had a nice run up the middle. 
Um, but other than that, I mean, I didn't really see much there. Jordan Howard didn't have a lot of opportunities to catch passes. So, but the ones that I did see, he did catch them. And again, those were just checkdowns. But you want to see him catch those, which is uh, encouraging. But again, not a lot from the running backs uh, in today's practice. Yeah, it was uh, not a lot of work for him. Uh, what I did see out of Jordan Howard at the one time when they were kind of like working on some run plays, there were a couple of decent gains that he had due to some decent blocking where he wasn't even touched until like he reached the second level. And I, I know Jonathan pointed it out, but uh, no, he was working with the ones uh, briefly. Uh, you know, I forgot on who as well. I don't even know if it was when he was with the ones. Um, but at one point today, he did have a very strong blitz pickup that kind of got all of our attention we kind of mentioned. So I want to make sure we let Bears fans know about that. Um, Jonathan? You know what? Go I ahead. will say Sorry, this before Jonathan chimes in. Uh, I mean, watching those uh, right in the very beginning of practice, they were doing those one-on-one blocking drills. I didn't think the running backs looked too too good in those uh, those drills there, especially when you put a uh, Nick Kukowski versus Tariq Cohen. Nick Kukowski is going to win that matchup every single time. But even when Jordan Howard... Uh, was in there. He got beat a couple times. Uh, Benny Cunningham, I know, stood up. Uh, man, it must have been one of the third stringer on the defense. But still, these guys need to be able to block, especially with the Bears going to be more of a passing offense than they ever have been. These guys need to be able to block on these third and long situations. So um, I guess that's just something I, for the running backs that I will uh, say that I did see today. I'm glad I was able to jog your memory. But let's go over to Jonathan now. Uh, your take on the Arby's? <laughs> Yeah, um, first, just a quick shout-out to uh, Taquan Mizell. Had a nice run late in practice with the 11 versus 11s where he broke one, and the ref blew it, blew the whistle about 10 yards down the field, but I think he would have probably been gone. Um, so he, he definitely looked quick today, kind of like a less good version of Tariq Cohen, if you will, <laughs> um, which, yeah, about sums that up, I think. Um, and, yeah, just getting back to um, the blocking by the running backs and tight ends against linebackers was just ugly all around. I think maybe the offense won, like, two out of those 15 one-on-one reps. Um, they just got dominated. And specifically Tariq Cohen, I mean, he weighs, what, 180 pounds? We don't expect him to be a good blocker. But in his two reps the first time, he just got absolutely bull rushed by one of the UDFA uh, outside linebackers who I don't even know. And then the second time he tried to hold up against Kwiatkowski to prepare for that and like planted himself and Kwiatkowski just ran right around him untouched. So hopefully we don't see too much of Tariq Cohen blocking this year. <laughs> yeah, if that's any indication, right? But uh, B, anything else on running backs? Yeah, I thought Mazzell had a nice day just to add to Jonathan's point. He did have a nice blitz pickup in the 11-on-11 on one of those double-A gap blitzes that did the that the defense likes to send. But overall, I mean, just to echo what everyone else is saying, it's been, it was a pretty quiet day for this group. It was a quiet day for the offense in general. <laughs> All right, guys, let's switch over to wide receiver. And today, you know, limited work for number 12. Allen Robinson uh, didn't put in a ton of time out there on the field. But I will say when he was out there, uh, you saw him making at least one play today that kind of sticks out with a nice catch over the middle. Uh, Taylor Gabriel, this is what I was kind of uh, doing the spoiler alert about earlier. Uh, Jonathan, you noticed this. So I'm going to go ahead and let you kind of just uh, take the floor here. What did you notice about Gabriel that Bears fans need to know? Sure. So Gabriel was working with the ones early in offense. And then that play we talked about earlier where the heckler was yelling at him, he was getting back really slow. And I don't think we saw him after that, which was like the last 80, 85% of practice. And he was just on the sidelines, but not out on the field, didn't have his helmet. And he seemed to be limping a little bit, uh, favoring his right leg. Uh, looked to me like maybe his calf, but he never went to the uh, like trainer's tent as far as I can tell. So 
hopefully that's just like a cramp or some minor tweak that he'll be back out there again soon. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of hard to diagnose an injury from the stand. So again, we're just you know he was at, he wasn't playing, and that's all we really can give you. And of course, uh, if there's anything imperative, the Bears may or may not share that information with us. So uh, stay tuned for that. But looking at the rest of the receivers, uh, we already talked about a little bit earlier that Josh Bellamy and Benny Fowler were uh, very active as well today. Uh, Kevin White had uh, a couple moments uh, one-on-one drills. But uh, Nick, I'm going to go to you first uh, for wide receivers. Uh, what's your biggest takeaway that uh, you want to let our listeners know? That there really wasn't much from the receivers, to complete, be completely honest. I think the biggest play from a receiver actually came from Tanner Gentry with a pass, uh, just a catch on the left sideline. It was a deep ball, one of the few deep balls of practice, but he did end up catching. That's what he's been known for. That's where he's, you know, been able to stay on this Bears team, making that deep ball, you know, in training camp. Um, but other than that, I mean, again, this offense really didn't do much today. Uh, Trubisky had a lot of checkdowns and not a lot went to, you know, the receivers on these longer, these longer routes. Um, and we didn't see much of that pre-step motion or any of the, uh, any of the screens or anything like that. So again, there's not much analysis to give on these receivers because again, they just weren't open and the ball wasn't being thrown their way. What about you, B? Can you add any more to this very no analysis on nothing that we saw today because <laughs> receivers didn't show up? I wish I could add a little bit more. Uh, John did notice uh, notice at one point that Kevin White was lined up in the backfield. That would be a, an interesting look yeah. to see throughout the entirety of the season. Uh, I think the other only big play that we've seen, I think it was maybe Javon Wims who went over the top of either oh, Michael yes. Joseph, yeah. was able to jump over top of him, grab it from behind his back, and really catch in for a touchdown. That was nice to see. Uh, I, I was, guess I was kind of expecting more out of Javon Wims today. Uh, kind of heard some good things about him lately. Uh, but, again, just the whole receiver group was quiet today because the defense had him pretty blanketed. Yeah, I know. That was a great catch, though, by Wims. It was very uh, mm-hmm. aggressive, very acrobatic. And uh, for him to you know, go up and over to haul in that ball, it was, it was it was fun to see. And, again, he's such a raw talent. When he makes plays like that, it kind of makes you kind of makes you see what Ryan Pace was thinking when he took him in the seventh round of the draft this past year. But, uh, Jonathan, anything else you want to hop on the Bellamy uh, fan train right now? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Uh, Bellamy is what we've always known. He's always open, but only catches it sometimes. And that's pretty much exactly what happened today. Uh, A number of bad drops by him. Um, uh, One more thing I'll add about wide receivers is uh, I was paying a lot of attention to Kevin White today because I've heard a lot that he's looked good in camp. And I was a little disappointed with what I saw there. Um, He really struggled to really create any separation against uh, either Prince or Fuller. had some nice plays against, you know, second string defensive backs, but against the top guys, he really didn't do much. Um, and that was disappointing for me to see. Yeah, you're right. No. And again, it goes back to the whole thing where uh, no receivers were doing that. But uh, I understand when you're hearing, you know, all about Kevin White throughout the entirety of camp and you come here today and you're like, all right, what can you do? Number 11. And then uh, pretty quiet, uh, not being able to uh, get off coverage. Uh, but we'll, I'll flip it. I think the defense just came to play today, and like their coverage was just you know phenomenal from the very first whistle to the final one. Um, but that's really about it for the receivers. So we're going to go into a another pretty quiet group, and we'll talk about the tight ends. And Jonathan, I'm going to go right back over to you first here for the tight ends. Um, any notes? Sure. Um, this was my first chance to really see Trey Burton as a bear, um, and I was very impressed with his route running. He just looks very smooth. Um, somebody mentioned earlier he had a couple drops early, but he settled in after that. Um, 
seems like he's going to be a pretty solid target this year. So that was good to see. Um, also, just shout out to Adam Shaheen. Um, really struggled in blocking. They were doing blocking drills in front of us at the start of practice, and the coach was working with him the most, and he was just struggling to mirror guys a lot, which was troubling to see. But his route running looked a lot better to me today than it did last year, so that was good. Yeah, and you want to? I think we already talked about it earlier, but just in case uh, it kind of got washed over in the conversation. I think it'd be worth noting your big note on uh, what Deion Sims uh, does or perhaps doesn't bring to the table. Oh yeah, when I mistakenly threw that in the defensive part twenty minutes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, I had heard a lot too about Sims looking better as a pass catcher, but didn't really see that today. Although with all of these observations, again, this is the only practice I've been to, so it might have just been a good day or a bad day for somebody. So don't put too much weight in them. Yeah, uh, Deion Sims uh, not bringing much as a pass catcher, and the big thing that you can tell he's lacking is just like that top end speed, not being able to uh, gain any separation. And when he's running these routes, he looked a little clunky today, and it seemed like DBs and uh, linebackers were like two steps ahead of him and what he was trying to do, which of course uh, kind of makes things difficult for him. Uh, Nick, uh, tight ends, anything else worth mentioning? I don't think so. I'm again, the the group itself didn't do as much as they did, especially last week when we saw him running down the field, catching passes over the middle. Definitely didn't see that today. Um, but I, the only memorable thing from a tight end that I really remember is that Shaheen, uh, it was, I think it was just on like seven and sevens or one-on-ones where he ran a route against Nick Wachowski and had a nice head fake out to the outside, turns up field. Would have been, It was a nice route by Adam Shaheen, but that was the only, uh, I guess, noteworthy thing that I had from the tight ends in today's practice. Yeah, I have Daniel Brown down for a decent game, but he was wide open. I think that might have been more just uh, you know, being in a soft spot in zone coverage. And my most memorable moment from Colin Thompson was a drop, so that kind of tells you what kind of day <laughs> he had. So let's we'll just skip right along to offensive line. And I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Mr. Trenches over here. I want to know, Brandon, what were your uh, maybe top takeaway or two from this unit? Kyle Long was after it today. Uh, if you didn't go to practice, I mean, he was he was really getting after it. He was he was trying to make trying to pick a fight with somebody. I think I think that was his goal today. He wanted to get the offense fired up, wanted to get them ready to go. Uh, he put a pretty good hit on Prince Mukamara after the whistle. The guys were talking to him afterwards, like you know, you don't need me doing that. You know, relax a little bit. So then Harry Heastan takes him aside and tries to calm him down and sits out of play. And then a couple of plays later, he's getting in a fight with Akeem Hicks. They had to pull him to the side again, tell him to calm down. So it's it's nice to see that one of the guys in the offensive line has a little bit of fire under him, and we knew that's uh, what we get from Kyle Long. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, cool it a little bit during camp. I understand, you know, a, f- a fight in camp is good sometimes. Uh, brings out the competitive nature. means that you want to go out there and win. Uh, but at the same time, you don't need to be picking it against uh, one of the top defensive linemen for the squad either. Yeah, you know, usually when you have these little squabbles that kind of happen, it's due to, you know, going after it each and every day against the same people and frustrations kind of boil over. But Kyle Long is getting one day on, one day off, so you would think he would be pretty, uh, you know, a little bit more cool, I would suppose, when he's out there. But, again, he brings that fiery passion. It's just what you get from Kyle Long, and, uh, you know, that's everything that I would expect from him. Maybe not to the degree that we held today, especially with that uh, late hit on Prince after a whistle, but... Eh, it, it happens. It's football. They're grown men. Uh, you know they're gonna fight their own battles when they're out there. But uh, let's go over to Nick here. I want to talk about your man, uh, James Daniels. What'd you take away today? My big one is that he's still botching some snaps. Yes, I did see that, but I will give him credit because um, again, he is playing center and guard, gained a lot of reps, and um, 
yeah, that's going to happen. And you might as well fix that now during camp. But I did like what I saw in terms of him blocking, especially getting up to that second level, just being able, one, to get there and be able to create a hole in, to create running lanes for the running backs. Um, there was one play where he did just that. He initially made the guard on the nose tackle and then went up to the linebacker, sealed him off perfectly. And I forget which running back went through that hole, but it had a big gain up the middle. So James Daniels, yeah, that's a guy that, you know, when I do watch the offensive line, of course, I'm going to pay attention a little bit more to what Daniels is doing. So, of course, a Hawkeye would quickly turn my negative into a positive for another <laughs> Hawkeye. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. <laughs> it just makes too much sense. So, Jonathan, I'm going to swing this conversation over to you now. Uh, again, the offensive line, when they were doing individual drills, weren't really in our you know vantage point per se. And But uh, during team drills, uh, anything that you notice from this unit that either has you... Uh, excited or perhaps a little disappointed? Uh, yeah, I just like to focus on the center position as a whole a little bit. You already talked about uh, Daniels, who was playing both second and third team center because uh, Ronis Grasso is out right now, um, had a bad snap, and Cody Whitehair had a couple bad snaps too. So that was a little disconcerting to see both centers struggling with that today. Um, and I think we might have hit the end of the road for Grasso in Chicago. Because out of all the injured players, he was the only one that I didn't see like on the sidelines today in shorts. And somebody who's been at practice every day mentioned that um, hasn't seen Grasso out there at all since he got hurt. And they just signed a new center last night, um, which makes me think that perhaps Grasso is uh, done for a while, in which case probably done in Chicago. One last thing I want to add about the offensive line, too, is I was watching them on the sidelines when like the second unit was out. And there was one point where the uh, assistant coach, the offensive assistant, uh, you know, he's trying to call the guys over, trying to discuss some things, and Charles Leno's trying to, you know, get all of them to pay attention and listen because they're all kind of talking to one another. And I think that's something that uh, kind of goes overlooked with Leno as well as his leadership, uh, one of the quiet leaders on the team, I think. And that was something that stood out to me, something you're not going to see on the field, but it's something I spotted on the sideline. And speaking of tackles, uh, second string right tackle right now, Rashad Coward, you know, he's still very raw as he's transitioning over uh, from a, being a nose tackle to an off offensive tackle. Um, but today I saw a handful of really good plays from him. Uh, again, he's going up against some second stringers at that. But uh, just the way he uses his hands and his footwork, for someone who's still learning this position and certainly new to it, uh, I think he's way ahead than where really I anticipated him being here in the last week of July. So, uh, you know, Coward, maybe someone who can sit in a practice squad for a year and kind of earn himself a role on the roster next year uh, as a tackle on this team. But, uh John, real quick, before we move on to uh, final thoughts on the practice as a whole, I want to know uh, what you think about Eric Cush out there because uh, a lot of people are rooting for Daniels to, of course, take over that spot. But it's been over a week, and I don't think Cush uh, has done one thing that really shows that he shouldn't be out there. He seems like he's just a very solid you know, interior lineman and can really play guard for this Bears offense. Yeah, I didn't really notice him at all today, which is usually a good thing for an interior yeah. offensive lineman. Exactly. That's exactly my point. So I like that. Again, I have not had one negative thing to say about Eric Cush all training camp long. So for that position, it's 
a pretty damn good thing to have. So, guys, uh, lastly, I want to mention that the Bears did a little bit of work on special teams today. Uh, not a ton, uh, so just wide open. Does anyone have a takeaway on special teams that they would like to share? And Brandon is sitting next to me. We're actually doing this recording uh, in person next to each other. He raised his hand, so I'm going to go ahead and hand it to him first. Yeah, something that we talked about on the way to camp was how Cody Parkey was missing field goals when the backup punter, Ryan Winslow, was the holder. And lo and behold, he missed one today when Ryan Winslow was the holder. So maybe that's something uh, to keep an eye out for uh, when we get into preseason games. Who's going to be the holder and how well does Cody Parkey hit it, uh, depending who the holder is? Anybody else? Yeah, if I could jump in here um, just real quick. We didn't see a ton of like special teams practice today, but I did see uh, Cody Parkey was just off on his own on an empty field doing some practice field goals. And I just noticed his leg strength. He was kicking. I was trying to figure out where he was. It was like 40 or 45 yards out. And they were going through and passed by a good 10 or 15 yards. So he definitely has a stronger leg than Connor Barth, uh, which makes me feel good. Yeah, and uh, I want to let you know, uh, just in case you didn't, last week, uh, I want to say Sunday, he had some wind in his back, but he could have made some field goals from 70. He was, uh, they had him going from 60, and he, they still had about 10 more yards of air underneath them. It was ultra impressive. And again, he had some wind behind him, but I mean... There's still wind come the football season. I doubt that they're going to attempt a field goal from that distance. Of course, that would be ridiculous. But I think if the, the situation's right, he can definitely go out there and perhaps hit like a 60-yarder uh, in a regular season. He has that kind of leg. It's really, really – it's it's good to see, like you said, much more much more leg than uh, someone who I don't like this name on the show anymore. Uh, <laughs> but, yes, Connor Barth. What about you, Nick? Anything on special teams or are we good to move on? You know, just on the kickoff, uh, trying to remember who exactly was on that first team, there were a couple of tight ends. I know we were talking about this just kind of watching it. I think Colin Thompson, Daniel Brown were both on there. And usually, and, you know, Jonathan said it, maybe that's a good indication. Maybe they stick out, you know, make this team being on the first team, uh, special team, especially on kickoff. But we saw, um, like I said, Colin Thompson, Daniel Brown, Adrian Amos, um, trying to... Deion Bush was out there. Deion Bush was also out there, so... Maybe we saw the first team uh, kickoff, but there wasn't actually a lot of, you know, players actually kicking the ball. It was, you know, people just using the jug machine for, for those punts or anything like that. I don't even think I saw Pat O'Donnell actually punt once. Did you guys? Or No. No, right? That's strange. But, yeah, not, not too much on special teams. All right. Well, that does for special teams. There you go. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed that analysis. But, uh, guys... Uh, go ahead and go around a horn. Any final thoughts uh, you want to end the show on? Anything you want to make sure you mention? Or just maybe something on your mind that you want fans to know about today's practice? And uh, let's go to Jonathan first, since you're our guest. Oh, I'm trying to come up with something here. Sorry. Maybe come back to me? Yeah. No, I can do that. Uh, again, you're our guest. So I take care of you. <laughs> so we're going to go to Nick, because Nick loves being put on the spot. Oh, of course. Um, honestly, going to this practice, I, I guess just from last week, I was expecting more of these uh, high-octane offense, just airing it out, um, seeing Trubisky you know, improve on that pocket awareness and that decision-making, but I didn't see that today. Again, maybe these are new plays they're, they're implementing into the offense, uh, but it was good to see the defense really be dominant, and that's what's going to—the the Bears are going to really rely on that defense, you know, especially early on in the season, and you know what? They showed that today, so— it's a give and take here. Um, the Bears offense struggled, but the defense looked great. And, you know, I'm hoping that as these practices continue to go on and, you know, Hall of Fame game being next week, that they, you know, start to balance out. But it's going to take some time. So even though it was discouraging for the offense, don't feel, I guess, 
too bummed down by it because, again, the defense did do a really good job today. No doubt. All right, B, over to you. Yeah, defense, the secondary, I think I said this last week too, just really playing lights out. Uh, they're forcing the ball, being a little more aggressive on that uh, side of the side of the game, trying to force more turnovers, which is really nice to see. Uh, defensive line stood out to me quite a bit today, uh, mostly in the run support. We're able to fill gaps, be disciplined, and allow the linebackers to come in and make the stop when they were called upon to. And just to echo what Nick said, I mean, don't be discouraged by, you know, as much as we were kind of sad in, in the dumps about the offense, it's still really early in camp, still trying to learn the playbook, still trying to figure things out. Uh, so I imagine that's going to be a, a theme up until we see them uh, in the Hall of Fame game. So don't be, don't be discouraged by our uh, negative comments, I guess, about the offense. There we go. And Jonathan, you had about two and a half to three minutes there. So do you have a final thought? All right, I do. One thing I wanted to mention um, – that really stood out to me today is when uh, we were watching, you know, like the ones versus ones, the defense dominated. But when the twos were matched up, I thought the offense did a lot better. And part of that's probably because Daniels knows the or Chase Daniel knows the offense and runs it pretty smoothly. But also, I thought it just highlighted a uh, pretty good depth on the offense, which is nice to see because we haven't had that for a while. Yeah, exactly. Good stuff there, Jonathan. Well worth the wait. I'll just let you know that. Uh, for me, final thought, like I said yesterday, I hoped the defense would respond, and they did. So now the Bears have a day off, and then Monday's going to be uh, the final open practice before the game on Thursday, the Hall of Fame game. So like Nick said, I want to see a little bit more balance. I want to see the offense kind of resembling what they did yesterday. They don't need to be nearly as lights out or as proficient as they were on Friday's practice, but if they can find a way to kind of trend in the right direction uh, heading into the game, I want to feel much more comfortable but even then I mean it's the Hall of Fame game so we're not going to see uh, per- perhaps even some of these starters and on top of that if we do it's going to be perhaps a series so uh, this it's going to be a fun game on Thursday I tell you no I'm we're really excited to be there and uh, yeah so that's my final thought offense just needs to trend back in the right direction before we kind of head into the first preseason week of the year all right, well, that's going to do it, Bears fans. Thank you for listening and tuning into this episode of the Bears Brothers Podcast. You know, like I just said, the Bears have an off day tomorrow. There's going to be no practice, and we'll be back on Monday for another camp report. You know, weather permitting, there are storms in the forecast, but I'm going to show up regardless. And don't forget, we're going to be heading down to Canton for both the Hall of Fame game and Erlacher's enshrinement this next week. And then we're going to rendezvous from uh, Erlacher's speech all the way back to Bear Bonnet for a practice on Sunday. You know, we can't wait to provide this coverage for you. But we're going to talk to you on Monday. And until then, bear down, Chicago. personalized can a financial plan be when it's created by one of those robo-advisors? Plugging in standard algorithm to calculate insurance need and future wealth of random human client. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, getting to know you always comes first. Together, we'll create a financial plan based on your specific goals. Find a local Farm Bureau advisor at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.